I want to thank you so much for your love and prayers for us. Um, Lord has heard, has answered in many ways. Still have some health issues. Um, and I did do a CT scan on Tuesday, but I haven't received the result yet. So I believe all is well. There's something terrible that was contacting me right away. <laughs> So I am very thankful and it's a joy to be with you. We value you very highly and love you deeply. Uh, Lakeport means a lot to us, this assembly, and we're happy to be with uh, our loving son in grace, Kazi, and uh, of course our daughter, Abby, and dear Julia. So it's a real pleasure to be here today with you and um, as we know, these are difficult times. They're difficult, they're dangerous times. There are times when the enemy is very consistent, he's cunning, and he's convincing. But I'm pleased to say he has been conquered. And so we do not focus on his attacks upon us. We focus on the ability of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I just want to share with you, looking and listening this morning, the Spirit of God has encouraged our hearts in a very mighty way. We started out with the Lamb of God, and we were reminded that even in our brother's thanksgiving, we were reminded that how as sheep we have taken from his hands and he has fed us, cared for us, and yet we wandered far. But I'm so glad that he, we have not wandered beyond the reach of his love and grace. You know, he is here for us. So Brother Luke has um, given us that platform, uh, so Brother John will follow. <laughs> All right. So in Luke chapter 15, just a verse uh, there, and I will give the context. Uh, Luke 15 in verse uh, 58 in light of what he has done for us he says therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord Father, we just commit this time to you. We ask now that you would speak from the, by the Holy Spirit from your word to this weak servant. You will get all the praise and honor. Your people will be encouraged. And if there's any who does not know Jesus, would come to know him. So we give thanks in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 What we find that... There has never been a time when there is such an increase in violence, in the viruses, in the various diseases, and uh, the many deaths, sudden deaths in so many places. And yet, as a result of that, the enemy is working on deceiving families and individuals He's working on 
not only the deception, but the division of families than ever before. Sadly enough, division even of marital relationships. And he's working not only on the division of families, but also even in assemblies. But we are glad today that we have one uh, who is able to keep us together. And so the short message today is faithful fellowship. Faithful fellowship. And you know, fellowship, um, I'm sure a young brother here would tell you, it's like people in a canoe all walking, rowing in the same direction, moving on together. So fellowship for us is an intimate connection with Jesus Christ abiding in him. And what Paul is saying here, number one, faithful fellowship must be Christ-focused. That's number one. If we're going to maintain a fellowship, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, it's not the size of the company. It is the significance of the presence of Christ in our midst. And it's our focus, not on what the world is coming to, but the one who is coming back into this world for us. So eyes are not looking at the signs of the times, though we recognize that, it's looking at the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, who will return for us. And so Paul is saying to the saints at Philippi, at um, Corinth, I want you to know, and if you study Corinth, you'll know the, there are many uh, sub subjects they mention, but the primary one is the conduct of Christians. The conduct of Christians will govern the whole of uh, Corinthians, chapter 1. So he said, I want you to know, first of all, that our focus, and our brother pointed out, out before us, uh, keeping our focus on Christ. You know, in Luke chapter 4, you remember how the Lord Jesus, he went into the temple, and you remember how he read in uh, Luke four eighteen, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Oh, wonderful things uh, in meeting the needs of the people. But he closed the book, he sat down, and these are the words. He said, and the eyes of all were fastened on him. Were fastened on him. Not just a glance of Jesus, not just a gaze, but fixing our eyes upon him. What a person for us. So as our brother quoted in Hebrews 10, 12, the fact that this man, Jesus Christ, uh, he, the one who knew no sin became sin for us. And as by one sacrifice for sin, forever, never to be repeated, forever he sat down on the right hand of God. And that's why Paul, in writing this, he wants us to Look unto Jesus, not look unto any other. And in Hebrews 12, he said, I want you to do three things. I want you to, this morning, to, I want you to lay aside every weight. Do you know the enemy likes to weigh us down? They're not sins, but you can be so busy, so active with so many things, you feel a weight. He said, lay aside every weight. Then he said, let go of every sin. Every sin that will beset you. You don't have to cover up. You need to confess. It says, Whoso covereth his sin shall not prosper. Whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall 
find mercy. And He has made provision to us. So, one is to lay aside the weight. You had a busy week. There are so many things that can keep you down. Number two, let go of every besetting sin. But number three, looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down on the right hand of God. What a person to fix our gaze on. But before he got there, Jesus didn't come here and he didn't just go there. No, he went by the way of the cross. So Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said, I want to put you in remembrance. And verse 3, 1 Corinthians 15, the beginning of this chapter, he said here, he said, verse 2, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless ye have believed. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that, number one, Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And then he says he was seen of Cephas, and then of the twelve. What a wonderful Savior we have. Beloved, Christ loved us. Do you know his death? I know you are very good in the word here. So very briefly, the death of the Lord Jesus was number one, voluntary. He said, no man taketh my life from me. I have power to lay it down, power to take it again. That's John 10, 17 and 18. So the fact is, it was voluntary death. Number two, it was vicarious death. And the word is a big word, it means nothing much. It means, our brother, young brother could tell you what it means. It means substitute in the stead of, on behalf of someone. So when we said vicarious, it means that he died for us, instead of us, on our behalf. And you'll find that in Romans 5, 8, God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What love, what grace. So his death was voluntary. No man took it from him, but he loved us so much. It touched my heart this morning to sing of his love. Why should he love me so? Let me tell you, friend, his death was not only voluntary, not only vicarious, where he died there at the cross and in our stead, took our judgment and our sins, and answered to God as we've been repeating today, he paid it all with his precious blood, but his death was victorious. Oh, they might have seen him as a victim nailed to the tree, but he is the victor. He died in victory. He said, not with a calm, uttered voice, but with a loud voice. He said, it is finished. The battle has been fought. The victory has been won. Satan has been defeated, and Jesus is Lord. Beloved, I'm so glad this morning. So Paul is saying here to the saints, current, you want faithfulness in a, in a fellowship? We must be Christ-focused. But not only that, beloved, he said in, one, in verse 58, my beloved brethren. And you know what that means? Close. And I'm not talking of close brethren. Get me clearly. I'm talking of brethren being close to the Lord and to each other. By love. My beloved. He could have said, uh, my brethren. But not what Paul said. He said, therefore, 
in verse 58, my beloved brethren. And you know that in Matthew 3, 17, Jesus Christ was there and God opened the heavens, not just the heaven, the heavens. So that's from the heaven to the heavens where he dwelt. He opened the heavens and he declared, this is my beloved son. And he could have stopped there because the announcement was made, the acceptance was done, but no, he set his approval. He said, in whom I am well pleased. And in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6 and 7, he said, we are accepted in the beloved. And then in verse 7, he says, in whom we have redemption to his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And look at it, according to the riches of his grace. Hallelujah. What a savior. Beloved, we need to be close to the Lord and close to each other and let nothing come between us as a company of believers. Faithful of mind must be Christ-focused. It must be, beloved, consistent fellowship with love binding us together. You know, it's not a suggestion Jesus made. It's not say, well, it looks good, we love him or her. Or she's always pleasant. No, it's no, no, it's not a subject. It's a command. In John 13, 34. In John 13, 1, he said, having loved his own that were in the world, he loved them to the end. But in verse 34, he said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, not as your neighbor, not as yourself. That's good to do. He tell you, love your neighbors yourself, love yourself. No man would do bad things for himself. But here it is not saying that. He said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another even as I have loved you. And how much has he loved us, beloved? He loved me at my weakest point. He loved me in all of my failures. And he said, by this shall all men know. Not how great a preacher you are. Not how nice the assembly is. Not how nice the place is. Not how beautiful the people are. No. He said, when you love one another as I have loved you, everyone will know you are my disciple. Isn't that what we desire? That others would see Christ in us and be drawn to the one to whom we are attracted. And you and I would not only be like that, but we would break the alabaster box of ointment so that others might not just see Christ, but they may smell the sweetness of Christ. They will say, there's something sweet about that sister. There's something sweet about that brother. And that will attract them, not to you, but the one who made the difference for you. That's the kind of fellowship we need. So it must be a Christ uh, focused fellowship. Number two, it must be a consistent fellowship with love guiding. But then it says here, be steadfast. It must be a committed fellowship. Beloved, coming to the meeting here is not because I don't have nothing else to do. Coming to the meeting here is not because, well, uh, I have enough time to just do this. It's going to cost you. 
anything of value for Jesus Christ is going to cost us. But it is worth it all in light of the price he paid. Remember how David, man, how David said, Oh, I wish I could get a drink of water from the well. And these men, they risked their lives. And you know what David said? I cannot just take that. I cannot offer the Lord that which costs me nothing. Brothers and sisters, it's going to cost you, but it is worth it all. Because you're not here just to see each other. We are glad when we see each other. Because we're going to be together forever. What a joy to meet them here and to appreciate each one. But more so, beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will be well pleased. So a committed fellowship. And then he says here, and you know what that means? Be steadfast. It means to be so focused, to be moving on, that there's no weakening. No weakening. We don't get weak about it. No. We be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. But then he said, not only be steadfast, but be unmovable. Or if you have another translation, be immovable. But you can use the King James. Amen? So it says unmovable. It means that it's not wavering. It's not wavering. There is no weakening in commitment. Being steadfast, there's no wavering in being unmovable. You are fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And nothing, no circumstance, no situation will move you away from Him. And then he says here, unmovable. And then he says, always abounding. Abounding in the work of the Lord. Oh, beloved, it means that there is a continuation. And it's not working for the Lord. You, if you have a King James, it's a good book. It's not bad. I mean, I read other books. I, I read the New King James. I read other things. And it's okay. But when you come to the... He says, not the work for the Lord. Not people say, I'm working for the Lord. No, no, no. When you come here, it is saying, the work of the Lord. In other words, it's His work. You are His worker. And He will do the work through you for His glory not spending a lot of energy in that. It is surrendering to the Lord and says, Lord, take my life and let it be. Consecrate it, Lord, to thee. Take my moment and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Oh, beloved. And he says, your labor will not be in vain. You know how sometimes you labor and you don't see any results? You can trust him. Amen? The seed sown will bring a harvest. You know, you work with your family and you love your family and you love them to be together and you see nothing happening. Don't be discouraged. You keep praying and believing God and He is able to bring their family together, to bring the fellowship together and to set our hearts on fire for Him. Ladies and gentlemen, Satan wants to bring a ruin in our families in our assemblies, in many outreach, but we can believe God for revival when we surrender to Him. And we will be saying with the words of the song, revive us again. Oh, beloved, may the Lord encourage us in light of such a sweet fellowship today. May we today desire to have a fellowship where it is Christ's focus. To have a fellowship where it is commitment 
to Him. To have a fellowship, beloved, where we are consistent in following in light of His Word. And may we have a fellowship that is continuing the work because soon the last step will be taken. I know not if I will ever be here again to preach another message, but I do know, beloved, nothing will separate us from His love. And it's going to be a wondrous day. You know, I look at so many deaths, I got to close, but you know, I even spoke at the funeral and I think of myself, what it means for people at the end of the life journey, at that moment, so many suddenly taken. What does it mean? And do you know, I have come to the conclusion, it may not be so, because I don't know what the, but all those who know the Lord, I believe if they were to testify today, and I were to interview them and say, what was it like for you that last moment, that last day? They don't give me details of the day, but they'll say, at that last moment, I believe, they'll say, Brother Vinod, it was a wondrous day, because I look upon the face of the one who saved me by his grace, and he took me by the hand, and he carried me to the glory land, and I am there with him forever. And it's a glorious day. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, it's a gloomy day. To die without Christ is the saddest moment in your life. Because in hell, in Hades, you will lift up your eyes, waiting the torment. That's why if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, death is no respecter of persons. And your only hope is in Jesus Christ. If you accept Him and you know Him, beloved, the best is yet for us to come. But if you don't know Him, the worst is yet to be. May God help us. May God give us that grace and strength today to say, we have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back for his name's sake. So we'll take a break for about